Emergency podcast. I repeat, emergency podcast. First one we've done on the happily opinionated podcast. Um, today was a pretty big day, Beth. Yeah, huge day. Um, so the verdict came down from in Minnesota for the George Floyd versus or the people of Minnesota versus Derek Chauvin, I should say, uh, regarding the George Floyd case, and they found the jury found him guilty on three accounts on all three charges so i figured our good buddy and unofficial third podcast member david padowski who had spent a lot of time covering this case for his for his full-time day job i felt like we should have an emergency pod have him on for 20 minutes and talk about it yeah hey david hi guys welcome back it's been two weeks what how are how are things (laughs) Uh, things are great. Um, I was sort of hoping you guys would do the Alec Baldwin thing. You said I'm the Alec Baldwin of the podcast. Oh, that's you how are. you like your new intro to be. You got are. it. Got it. The Alec Baldwin of SNL. David Podowski of the Happily Opinionated Podcast is here. Sorry, <laughs> David. Next time I'll introduce you that way. I promise. Um, so, man, I just wanted to get your take. Um, I mean, you and I had been talking about this over the past couple of weeks and you have, I think you have a lot of good thoughts on kind of how the trial went and how we got to, how we got here, where we are today and what it means for everything. I don't know how, I don't even know how to say it. Like, this is a massive case. I feel like, am I wrong? No, it's, it's like, it's a huge case. It's funny. I was talking with my wife, Elizabeth recently about, actually it was today, but we were talking about the Eric Garner case that was in Mm -hmm. New York where he also, um, you know, said that he couldn't breathe and he was basically choked. He was put in a chill cold by a cop to death. And uh, the cop walked there. And to, like, there's, part of me is like, I watched the trial every day. I saw the testimony of every expert. And this case was completely lopsided in favor of the prosecution. Uh, there was really like no doubt about this case, about the mm-hmm. level of guilt. I think I even said to Adam, like after the the defense rested, I think I told Adam that I wouldn't be surprised if the jury deliberates like very quickly and comes to a guilty verdict. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't mean, so you have to contrast that with uh, the fact that this is like a seminal case this is a change this is a a huge change and it goes all the way back to even though george zimmerman was not a cop but think about um trayvon martin and that Mm -hmm. case philando castile Mm -hmm. this is like uh this is a it's a sea change in that we are living through and it's incredible uh yeah super happy when the defense made an argument that maybe it was the carbon monoxide from the tailpipe of the car that he was being choked to death next to, and they use that as one one, I was like, they're they're really grasping here. They're like, like I mean, and it's it's horrible because this is the stuff that's worked in the past. These kinds mm-hmm. of arguments have worked. 
in other cases. Maybe yeah. not that egregious. Well, not like even in Eric Garner, a, a big part of it was, um, you know, the fact that he was large and he was overweight and, um, that was, it was funny. I remember reading, uh, it was Jamel Bowie is his name at the time. He wrote, uh, an article in Slate after Eric Garner was first killed. And he said, we're going to see a narrative come up about the big unhealthy, um, they're good black man, which is something that has happened in court cases throughout American history. And he was right. You know, they cited to his weight and the same thing was sort of happening here. They were citing to, um, you know, George Floyd's drug use, everything outside of the fact that a police officer knelt on his neck um, Mm -hmm. for nine minutes, which every expert, by the way, that was brought by the prosecution said was the cause of his death is an expert. uh, Dr. Tobin explicitly said, if a healthy person, like the, one of the three of us, had been subjected to what George Floyd had been subject, subjected to, he would have, we would have all died. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. It was just a clear, uh, and then couple that with all, like all of Chauvin's um, fellow officers, even his, one of the heads of his, uh, the police department there, saying what he did was excessive and against protocol. It was very clear. Mm. So irritating. When it first happened, wasn't there something around that being protocol or they said like that wasn't the first time things like that had happened in the department where like people had cops had knelt on people's necks? That was like, how, how did Derek Chauvin come up with this idea? Did he come up with it? Was it happening before? It's something that cops have done. It's re- there's really interesting. There's a Denver um, reporter here. His name's Chris Vanderveen. He's been writing or sending articles a lot about how the prone position um, after you handcuff somebody, you put them in prone position is a subject of a lot of legal cases around the country. Mm-hmm. That's hap- that's what happened to George Floyd. And it's basically been determined that it's not necessary. Once you handcuff the subject, you don't actually have to put them in the prone position to restrain them. Um, the kneeling on the neck was something that I think now I'm really like racking my brain, but I think it was, Minneapolis PD policy years and years ago, but it's yeah. no, it was not policy when Chauvin did it. Like they discontinued okay. it in the same way that the chokehold that was used on Eric Garner was not uh, police policy, but it had been something that cops had done in the past. Mm-hmm. Man, it's like it's re- it it. I just I think when it when the verdict came down, I was driving home. I was listening to it on the radio. And I came in, I was obviously relieved. Like I thought he'd be guilty. The jury deliberated super fast. You told me it was unanimous. And I was like, there's no way he's unanimously not guilty in, in nine hours like of deliberation. But I just don't want what I'm kind of afraid of, not afraid of, but what I what I think needs to be made clear is that this is a huge moment for our country. It's a huge moment for black the black community. It's a huge moment for the policing community, right? Because now like there is an example of someone getting someone being found guilty of murder for killing um for killing some for killing a black person um without really any reason and mm-hmm. um but stay at the same time we haven't arrived anywhere and i think i think that could be something that people start to think like great we we made it <laughs> like we haven't made there's a report tonight I, I don't know if you heard it david but like in cleveland a little girl was shot by police tonight 
Um, right, I did see that. And they're already at yeah. the, uh, they're protesting already. Yeah, there's already protests going on. Mm-hmm. She was like 14, she had a knife, she dropped the knife and she still got shot. Supposedly. It, I, I mean, I just read this like 20 minutes ago. Is she dead? Yeah. You killed her? Mm-hmm. So, like, and then you have, again, I'm going to link to your jackal because this week's, this week's was really good, I thought. Beth, I think you shared it on Facebook. Um, but White Power Hour tonight on Tucker, he went, he lost his mind for 45 straight minutes about this case and about Me- police being, you know, basically the justice system being compromised. Who wants to be a police officer? When are the police going to stop, start, he said, they, he said, quote, they're going to, when are the police going to stop, start protecting others other than people like George Floyd? When they literally killed George Floyd. <laughs> like, what are you it's, talking about? It doesn't make sense. Uh, it's like, it's partially enraging. I think the, you know, the, what I'm taking from it is, you know, my mom uh, was texting me earlier this week. My mom is, <clears throat> she's in her 60s. She looks like she's in her 50s. Um, oh. she's, Mrs. P, I hope you're listening. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be. I love my mother, but and like, yeah. she she watches Fox News. You know, she is definitely she's not she's a conservative, but she was texting me that she's like, I really hope they find Chauvin guilty. He's he's just a monster. You know, she was. I don't like. She is someone who is naturally pre-positioned as someone who watched Fox News, watches Fox News to believe that. She's also told me she hates Tucker Carlson, so she has a good. Uh, judge a character i think but, good for her good for you know her. i think that's the the silver lining i want to take from that but then i don't you know the entire tucker show is like one long celebration of white nationalism and i think he knows that and i he knows what he's doing yeah. uh he mirrors so much language um from white supremacists i think i wrote when i wrote it i said I don't know uh, what's in his heart, obviously, but you can't deny that he sounds like one. He, of course, sounds like one. For sure. Right. And, you know, I wonder if this is the conservative movement. They saw it with Trump and they saw that it worked in 2016, where you could have a guy who was a pretty open white nationalist win an election and then, you know, come pretty close in 2020. I wonder if they think this is something for them going forward. This is just like, Mm -hmm. I have no idea what you're thinking in your head when you think this case was somewhat like somehow 50, 50, like judge Janine Pirro was on during the day and she chastised Greg Gutfield and said, this is an overwhelming case. The facts completely supported a guilty verdict. I mean, Janine Pirro, (laughs) you know, there's obviously like, this was a lopsided case. Uh, no expert mm-hmm. testified. There wasn't a single expert that testified that George Floyd uh, died of a of a drug overdose, for instance. You know, right. the only other like, not even the defense's expert witness would say that. Right. The prosecutor, I think, made a name for himself. He was unbelievable. Uh, Jerry in Blackwell, incredible. Yeah. I the prosecution like deserves so much credit in this case, especially he, he was just like masterful. Uh, dissected the defense witnesses and yeah, like everything you want in a prosecutor. He was great. His closing line, he said, the defense said that George Floyd's heart was too big when in reality, uh, Officer Chauvin's wasn't big enough. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. What a line. Like, (laughs) what a line. 
Yeah. Okay, David. So what's what's next um, in the case? How long till sentencing, and what do you think will happen? I think sentencing is what it's around two weeks, is what they said, right? Is it on pace for that? With like, I know things have been getting pushed back because of COVID. Is that still happening? Like, yeah. will he be will yeah. he be sentenced in two ish weeks? Yeah, he'll be sentenced. Whatever time frame they have laid out, he'll be sentenced then. Um, there's not going to be a huge delay because he's remanded in custody right now. So I don't think you can keep, um, you can't keep him like in jail without him knowing how long he's going to be in prison for, uh, they have to act pretty quickly. So, okay. I think his total years, uh, I can't remember exactly. I think it's somewhere around 60 he's facing for all three charges. And I don't know if they're served concurrently. So like one the max for like second degree, I think is 40 years. And I don't know if he's, if manslaughter, which would be 10 years is served concurrently, which means like they just overlap yeah. as opposed to like just getting stacked on top of each other. But right. he probably won't get the full, um, you know, the entirety of it because the judge will take into consideration things like he was a police officer. And I think you know, in a lot of cases, I mean, I don't want to speculate. Maybe the it'll maybe he will get the max for each one, but mm -hmm. um, it depends too, like if how much remorse he's shown and things like that. Um, I know his um, attorneys early last year were willing to plead guilty to a third degree um, murder charge, but um, I, that was rejected for a few different reasons. They didn't think that would be enough. The mm -hmm. just pleading guilty to the third degree. So that shows some level of um, admittance of guilt. These are all things that they'll take into consideration when they sentence him. Yeah. I mean, but I want I actually am curious, like you guys, I want to know how you guys feel. <laughs> like oh, you asked me questions and you both seem like despondent. Yeah, I think, I feel like so I I have seen like a lot of people recognize this for what it is and it's like this is fair this is what is supposed to happen these charges weren't even that extreme that you know like I think the prosecution could have gone even after more extreme charges than they didn't then you know that is what it is but I I'm glad that a lot of people are saying like this is one step on an extremely long road, like one step. And a lot of people are saying like the fact that we waited to hear this verdict with bated breath and it was obvious that right. he's guilty is proof of how broken our justice system is and how much like racism is intertwined into our justice system. And so for me, it's like, while I'm glad that justice was, you know, quote unquote served or that he should have been found guilty and he was, it also just doesn't feel like much because that should have happened anyway. Right. Like it shouldn't even have been like a situation where we were like, will the right thing happen? Mm -hmm. And that's where the real crux of the problem is. And so to like see my black friends be like I mean I'm like on social media my black friends are like I mean I'm happy but like I just I just like 
already I feel like what's going to now what's going to happen? Like it's sad and I feel like I don't know, it's like it it does feel like something that it's just like not really that much to be happy about. Like cuz this should have happened anyway. Yeah. And now I'm thinking about how like black and brown people and other minority communities who really struggle with interactions with police are bracing themselves for a bunch of really harmful rhetoric on how this verdict was incorrect. And there's going to be like more slander against George, George Floyd and more like strong, like pro police and that the system isn't broken and all of this stuff. And so it's just like more, trauma constantly and I just I don't know it just feels like sad it's like hard to feel happy because you know there's a price to be paid even for this Mm -hmm. there's um yeah go ahead Adam I kind of want to hear what you think let's respond then I'll jump in I kept going back to or I keep going back to this um case in georgia from 1921 there's a guy named john s williams who was a plantation owner and he was engaged in what was called peonage for years and it's a seminal case because um you know peonage was the system where a black man would be arrested for petty crimes like unemployment. Uh, that was a black mm-hmm. law down in the South after the Civil War where they had to have a job or they were arrested for loitering and things like that. Um, and they would get thrown in jail and the plantation owners would break them out and have them pay back uh, basically their bail money. And they would... You know, there are people who would work for like 35 cents a year. It was the way slavery continued after we stopped Mm -hmm. slavery. And it was officially outlawed, I think, in like 1867, but it continued for 50 years. And um, John Williams, one of his, you know, slaves or his peons escaped from his farm. His name was Gus Chapman. And he went to the FBI or the Bureau of Investigation. down in, in Atlanta, and they went and they visited John Williams, and they asked him questions about what was going on on his farm. And because peonage was something that the Bureau of Investigation didn't take very seriously back then, they obviously were just going to leave, but Williams got freaked out, so he killed um, his 11 slaves. He got rid of the evidence. And his trial was a huge moment in Georgia. It was like a national, there are clippings here in the Denver Post about the trial. It was a huge, huge deal. Um, And it was the beginning of the end of peonage that was being practiced. And you, like, I never read that in high school, you know? Mm -mm. I never heard heard about that system or his trial or any of this stuff. It's just wild to me that, you know, that was erased from American history, it's a huge, huge deal. And I sort of feel like we're in that moment right now. Like that's how important 
this case is. Like we are witnessing, like this is John Williams part two. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I really hope so. I do too. I think what for me, the where I'm at is it's just really um I'm struggling with the blowback that's gonna happen, like what Beth was saying. It is it is really troubling that I drove home and I was like not 100% sure that he would be guilty. I mean, I thought he would, but, you know, I just didn't know. And it's in, it's insane that I didn't know. 100 years, I, you know, the story you just told, we're, we're, so, we're so many years down the line from that and still we're dealing with the same kinds of things. I'm working on a podcast for Monday about infrastructure and racism, and it's insane mm-hmm. how we're still segregated intentionally. Yeah. And I never knew it until you, you can look at a map and see, see people based on where roads have been built. Mm-hmm. it's in it's it's honestly insane and so i think i'm just grappling with like the whole state of the best podcast yesterday the launch was was amazing then what happens today which is a huge win but then seeing white power hour on fox news tonight and most of our parents are watching it and it's just really and a lot of people our age are watching it beth and i have friends that that think tucker carlson's a genius and it's um really difficult to think about what could happen from this and mm-hmm. what, you know, we're going to see more blue lives here in the Midwest. We'll see more blue lives matter, more blue, like the American flag with the blue stripe flying and, you know, just hearing a lot of discouraging things about, <laughs> you know, that the police are justified in those kind of situations. And it's just hard. It's hard to feel progress when you, when this happens, you feel like there's gonna be a blowback and you're just kind of bracing yourself for it. Um, so I don't know, but I am really thankful that he was guilty and I do think it's a huge case. And I'm thankful that I'm thankful that the prosecution did such a great job. And I'm, I'm, I am thankful that this man's not going to be able to do this again to somebody, you know? Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Just think if Trump was president, I was going to say, what if Trump was president? I, I went to the Stormfront forums because that's my new favorite thing to do. And I just went yeah. to go like revel in them complaining about it. And that's what one of them said. It's like, we have to hope Trump gets reelected in 2024 so he can pardon him. It's like, right. He can't pardon state charges. You idiots. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the thing. That's the thing. I know. But I just heard today that Trump actually is still the president. Like it is everything Q said is actually going to happen. Ah, I heard that too. <laughs> I just saw that today. So, you know. Oh, cheese and rice, man. Uh, well, let's, let's, you know, let's take a minute and um, be thankful that this happened. I also kept thinking like when the, before the, the verdict came down, I just remember that part of the video where George Floyd dies, where he's crying for his mom. Yeah. You yeah. know, like a grown man, like in the last minutes of his life calling for his mother. Like if that doesn't make you feel Like if that doesn't put you on the verge of tears, you're not a human being Mm -hmm. because he was being murdered for no reason. Mm -hmm. So anyway. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for taking a minute to, um, to do this. And, uh, yeah, I think it's important, important to document this moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, David. We love you, man. We'll see you next time. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.